0: This is the John Oakley Show Podcast. Back into it with our panel topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound three six three six. The Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco, and Michael Giles holding court this afternoon here on The Oakley Show. Just an update on that story out of Kingston. Uh, the two individuals who had been arrested, the 20-year-old has been released, uh, no charges, but the youth, uh, he's been charged. I shouldn't say he because I wouldn't release the gender, but uh, that individual has been charged with knowingly facilitating a terrorist activity and counseling a person to deliver, place, discharge, or detonate an explosive with intent to cause death or serious bodily injury. So that's uh, a heavy, but uh, I wanted to move on to other plans that uh, may have gone awry. and uh, Or was it just a misstep? The John McCallum affair. Now, <laughs> I, let me throw it around the horn. There are some <laughs> suggesting that this is, uh, you know, I guess, devious Machiavellian machinations there that... Uh, we're meant to assuage the Chinese. The liberals don't want to be too offside, so they put out, you know, this... Uh, <laughs> the point of the spear, Mr. McCallum, to say things that uh, potentially... Could you know be used to, but it was political interference of a stripe. Sherry, what did you make of that whole affair?
1: Uh, I I make of it that they need a new ambassador. Okay, so he's got to <laughs> walk the plank. But oh, so, I, I, I really. Well, I mean, how come Justin is, didn't fire him then? Doesn't that well, raise... I I think you know that that will be done quietly and later. Um, really, but uh, yeah, I mean I, I he couldn't very well come yeah. out and say he's off with his head. But or was I, he I think doing I, the bidding of the government? uh well, well I think that's pretty high conspiratorial talk i mean i i i mean I, I that's that's a little too smart by half uh, i think yeah. you know um but uh yeah we all we all wish that for John, but i don't think that's the case i think he just said something really dumb.
0: Misspoke for
1: 45 I, uh, minutes.
2: <laughs> I hope, John, that the government didn't do this on purpose because it, it really was just a huge misstep and at the worst possible time. And, and uh, you know, um, uh, you know Mr. McCallum has had a history of, of missteps uh, even when he was minister. And, and, you know, for him to go back to, uh, to Markham, his writing and his, his former writing, which, of course, has a huge amount of Asian uh, mm-hmm. uh, population, uh, and to speak to the media the way that he did and to say the things that he did, knowing that um, as provocative as they were, uh, that they would have some ramifications for saying that and for even contemplating that publicly. Um, You know, uh, the conspiracies are out there that, you know, maybe it was uh, was him that was sort of flying this to see if it got any traction from the prime minister's office, which I hope, and I give far more credit to the prime minister's office that they didn't have anything to do with this and are quite... you know, angry at at, uh, at the ambassador for saying this. Um, something has to happen, because obviously you've, you've got the, the you know, U.S. neighbours who are not happy about this. You've got Canadians in the opposition party who are just jumping on this. Um, something has to happen at some point, but it's just a huge misstep.
0: Well, you know, when he talked about I misspoke, uh, I'm wondering if he's splitting hairs here, because uh, if you really drill down on what he advocated or suggested, you know, might, uh, you know, uh, deter her from being extradited he talked about uh, breaking the ban on uh, the Iran sanctions when in fact that wasn't what she was doing Uh, the allegations are fraud and we subscribe to those fraud laws as much as the United States so on that basis she could be extradited I mean we're getting down into the weeds here but look do you think a lot of punditry are now coming forward uh, saying that this had to be planned nobody could go that far uh, rogue Uh, so do you think that this was part of an orchestrated Message to send to the Chinese, or just McCallum uh, went rogue.
3: No, I think if the pri- if the if the government had wanted to have something stupid said, they'd let Prime Minister Trudeau do it himself. <laughs> but um, no, it, it, <laughs> and it's and you're a liberal. I know, ring, ring no, the I couldn't resist. Great <laughs> yeah, no, I could Wow, this is a little like the you know the, the Saints Rams game with the referee. I'd love to just turn around and say, what in God's name were you thinking? <laughs> right. like, it's like it just doesn't make any sense. Right.
0: Okay. Well, that's a pretty good uh, way. It's a graphic depiction. Or and on that ho- and on that football
2: game, <laughs> yeah, was right. that ever
3: a thrown call? Oh, absolutely. It was the same
0: outcome well it's interesting you know uh there are members in the uh, new orleans community that are trying to sue yes. <laughs> they better get on their horse real fast because it's a week sunday the game's <laughs> taking place uh a snowball's chance in hell is what they have let me ask you about uh, some other things closer to home in this uh, whole issue with pride and their funding uniformed police not allowed in the parade uh, again they voted narrowly 163 to 161 the other night which reversed a decision they had made back in the fall when they realized that they're really teetering on the brink of insolvency, and we'd better get our act together because corporations and uh, you know a lot of people were withholding funding. Now they've changed their minds again. How do you think the city ought to respond? If I mean, no uniform police are allowed. Does that make sense to you? That's an institution in the I city. I mean,
1: first of all, I mean, I think it was a democratic decision. I think uh, police have never been kept from pride. They can march with everybody else. They just can't bring their guns and their uniforms. And the reason for that is the long history with many LGBTQ people where the police were not their friends. Well, what and about that's reconciliation? Well, here's the thing. Um, that hasn't really happened significantly. I mean, there hasn't been, if anything... There have been more questions about police behavior. You know, with the serial killer and the and the and the you know, the, the, the problems with that case and its and its handling. Um there have been more problems, not less problems. Uh so without significant movement, uh I, On you whose know, part and how well on on the police part and what, in what terms of do? negotiation.
0: What do they do to uh let's say, make
1: Well, we could go back to the bathhouse raids. I mean, we could well, go you back know, to... We're looking I mean, forward we're, now. We're well, trying okay, to move forward. You're a progressive. Move here, forward. Listen, we, we, shortly after that decision was made, we all watched on CP24 someone, uh, a police officer in uniform talking about, uh, you know, don't, you know, try to, you know, have anything to do with that man. He might bite you and give you AIDS. He said that to a camera. I mean, there clearly is work to be done on the force, and I think they've come a long way, don't get me wrong, but there's clearly more work that needs to be done. In light of of the serial killing, in light of the comments like that that were made to press from... People stationed in the village. Um, we, there's some work to be done, and so I understand pride. Now it has nothing to do with their insolvency. Whole other issue, and I think well, that it sounds has like to a dysfunctional
0: organization to me. I mean, how do you, uh, if you've got uh, so many, uh, no, no, you attract so many people, they claim, and uh, draw so much money into the community. You would think sponsors would be lined up 19 deep to, to you know, underwrite well, the whole project. You well,
1: know, again, I, you know, that's a whole other issue. I think, to well, be fair, Olivia Nuama's caught between a rock and a hard place. It's an almost sense? impossible job, that job, um, because she has to do something about the insolvency, and she also has to satisfy the community. It's well, a difficult Is it possible,
0: role. though, and John, I'll ask you, uh, if there were better relations with the police and even the Pride organization, you know, Acceded to police in uniform being in the parade, uh, that might help their cause, even the bottom line. I think I think it would for sure. Uh, in fact, I think that it's unfortunate that that it's
2: come to this um, disagreement yet again. And and I, I take Sherry's point about the fact there was a democratic vote, and and as close it is, I think also indicates. How, how divided the community is with respect to this issue and I think that the fact that they overturned the original decision which most people believed in and thought okay good there's there's a reconciliation this is this is this issue is going to be resolved and put behind us let's move on and now for this vote to happen and for this to become another issue I think puts the city in a huge amount of problem including the mayor of Toronto, mayor of uh, Toronto uh, John Tory who I think was happy to have the police back in there and happy to have that as a support and in, in all this issue now he has to deal with the fact that it's this fissure that's happened again and i just think that's going to cause more and i respect pride for for the work that they do and and uh, and for their vote but i think it's going to cause a, a huge amount of issue with not only citizens who watch and are supportive of pride parade uh
0: who are saying i just wish that they would have just upheld the uh, the original decision to have the police involved michael do you think there's any uh suggestion that Funding ought to be anything to the suggestion of withdrawing funding if the police don't march.
3: No, I wouldn't withdraw funding. I think that the, the, this whole thing and part of the the broader you know pride membership was uh, is, is misguided. I think you know the 324 people I guess it was that voted. I think one of the solutions to this is to have much more people, including you know people outside the LGBT community, just get everybody involved and actually join and become members of this. The reason, you know, uh, one of the media outlets in Toronto is reporting it. They got a copy of the report, you know, that led to the reintroduction of the police to this. And they're stating that it was directly related to concerns about funding. That was Now Magazine. Now Magazine. And now, so, you know, they literally had it verbatim. So now you have this situation. I wouldn't cut funding. I would just say that you can't have 300 and, uh, you know, what is it, 24 people making decisions with regard to an an event that's this huge. And you know what? I heard somewhere, and I may be wrong on this, you know, 200 people signed up just recently Uh, in advance of the AGM, you know, and it was a last-minute thing. You know, let's get more people involved, you know, as many people as possible, and cooler heads will prevail on this because this is an absolutely misguided decision.
0: All right, let me send around the horn another uh, issue that has to do with funding, and uh, it's the funding of capital projects in the city of Toronto. Uh, We know there were budget shortfalls and things like that. So uh, I guess a left-wing think tank, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, came out with a proposal of a 1% to 2% sales tax for not just uh, Toronto proper, but the GTHA, Hamilton included, right across, you know, this whole swath of uh, uh, of land. You know, you can build more uh, infrastructure and so on and so forth, even though that money's been promised by the feds in large measure. Sherry, do you think there's anything to adding 1% to 2% on a sales tax so the HST goes up to 15 points, for example?
1: I mean, that's one solution, and it seems to be one that um, many are, are kind of... Uh uh, locked onto, I think the the more obvious solution is to raise property taxes. Uh, we have some of the lowest property taxes in in Toronto, anywhere in the country. Um, we're we're only slightly above uh, Vancouver and Victoria, and 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 quite frankly, anywhere in North America. The other solution is that the pr- province needs to get to the table. Um, they used to fund fifty percent of the operating costs of the TTC. Uh, that is absolutely essential. You can't run a transit system on property taxes. So again, the province needs to get well, involved. Well, they're going to
0: upload the TTC, though.
1: Well, they, what they need to do is, is download the money to the city to be able to pay for it. That's what they need to do. Um, and and we need to look at the taxation system here. So it's a revenue problem, no question. The only question really is, it will it be a sales tax uh, will it be a property tax increase? It's got to be something, and the province needs to step up more. Well, you know,
0: it's interesting because uh, the housing market has kind of cooled, whereas the city has dined out on the land transfer tax in the uh, high water years, I guess a year or two ago, is $700 million coming into the local coffers. Uh, not so much anymore. I think it's less than half uh, of that, but uh, a 1% to 2% sales tax. You think that makes sense, John Capobianco? Uh, not at all. I think it would be disastrous. I think especially now,
2: and, and you've got a government in Ontario who's actually... Uh, pretty strongly uh, uh, against any taxes being being formed, and I think this kind of stuff would just fly in in, in the face of of what the premier and, and his government are trying to do. Um, but I think it's the wrong approach. I think r- raising taxes would cause a huge amount of problems with uh, with folks. We've got some some job issues uh, that are out, out there. We've got you know inflation. We've got prices. Food prices are going up beyond belief, and I think this would just add to the uh, the the consternation that a lot of consumers in the GTHA. Uh, um, would, would feel. So I think it'd be disastrous to be
3: honest with you. And you, Michael? Yeah, I don't think it would work. I mean, partly because, you know, nowadays we have online purchasing. How would you, you know, if somebody in Etobicoke buys something, how do you manage that that, that particular sales tax? Plus, you know, you the GTHA can only go so far in the sense of boundaries. So you know, if somebody wants to go and buy a new car for fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 and it's a signi- 1% increase in the sales tax is a significant amount, we'll drive to Barry and buy it. So, you know, you'll drive, actually push people out of the city.
0: You know, it's interesting you mentioned online purchases because uh, it's the uh, on Ontario cannabis store that's uh, soliciting, right. I guess it's RFPs out for uh, same day delivery courier services. <laughs> uh, well, now, well, that's an interesting question. Do you think that would enhance the likelihood of more people buying legal
3: weed? Um, it could be, or they'll just go to the parking lot nearby, and you know Jude will give them the, the stuff at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, obviously, they have to do something. Is it that, that corner mean, person? That's the, the, the corner on? person. That's that I don't know who it is. It's just it's fictitious, but but he knows uh, the name very well. I know the name Doesn't very well. But you take a look at you know across uh, the country, fifty-four million dollars nationally, up from forty-three million in November. In Ontario, it went from eleven point three million down to ten point one million. So as I say, the guy in the parking lot is actually obviously pulling up the slack. We have to do something. Well, look, and,
0: if they've only got twenty-five dispensaries. in... the initial tranche, this is April 1, uh, and going forward, you've got to believe that they've got to do something to expedite deliveries to the homes and the post office ain't doing it, Sherry. But yeah. will
1: this enhance the government product being oh, purchased legally? Well, it better and it should. Um, but I mean, twenty-five—that's a joke—and that that guarantees that you know. J- but same-day <laughs> uh, Jude in the parking lot will still uh, keep his customers. There's no question. Um, uh, we'll see if it works. I mean, that uh, same-day delivery—interesting. Um, but really, you also need outlets. Well, and, yeah, that's, and that's coming, and that's—that's that's, that's dependent
0: on supply, and so that's the federal. Government government's uh, bad. They've dropped the ball on that, but uh, nonetheless, the same-day delivery. John, yes, no, you like the idea? Uh, well, I think it's going to help them.
2: I'm not a big supporter. I've never have been about this whole uh, legalization of cannabis, but my daughter just told me the other day there's an application for an app for people who want same-day grocery delivery, so if <laughs> they can do
0: grocery deliveries in the same day, why not cannabis? That's there right. Skip the dishes. Skip dinner. <laughs> uh,
2: the dishes afterwards. Yes, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you all. Hey, have a great weekend. Michael Giles, John Bianco, and the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo Talk to you next Friday. Thank
3: you. Really? Coming up,
0: the news in detail on the other side of that. Uh, we're going to find out why gas prices have dipped below a buck. Regular unleaded in the city of Toronto. Dan McTagg's going to join us from Gas Buddy. And then we'll get back into that story out of Kingston and uh, see if we can determine how that all went down. David Perry, who is Global News Radio's crime and security analyst. Into Hour 3 of The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.